This is the strategy inside everything. I'm Adam Pirno. All right, welcome back to another episode of the strategy inside everything. We are going to have a spirited conversation now that the framing of the camera is correct. My guest today is the fantastic creative Michelle Hickey. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Adam. How are you? Doing good. We were going back and forth on Twitter. I think this may have been a week or two ago, and we're in the midst right now, if you're listening to this, of the same craziness y'all are, but we're not talking about that today. Um, But it took us a little time to pick that conversation up and move it to audio. So here we are. How are you doing again? I'm sorry. That's all right. I'm doing well, just like you, just trying to get through this like everyone else, but uh, making the best of it. And it's really fun to be doing this. I always enjoy being behind the mic, um, whether it's with my my podcast or being on other people's shows and just having great conversations with cool people. And I, I say this to Steve, my, my co-host of our podcast all the time. I really enjoy the conversations that happen on Twitter, which is how we know each other. And uh, I don't get a ton of that in in my line of work because most of my people are on Instagram and that's there's a whole nother side of that where I get a lot of value there and there are a lot of so many interesting people, but the differences between Instagram and Twitter are different are distinct. Yeah. Yes. Hey, tell so. people, first of all, tell people about the creative pod but then also tell people about your, kind of what your career is and just what you're, what you're doing and what your path is just so they have context for who's speaking. Sure. So I'm one of those people who Adam asked me before we started recording, what do you want me to introduce you as? And I'm like, oh, I have an annoying answer <laughs> that I don't, I don't have my, my elevator pitch down, but in a nutshell, you said it best. I'm, I'm a creative. My background is in graphic design. That's uh, what my, what my college degree says. It's where I started my career. And I still do a lot of that in my work. Um, but after I got laid off from my job back in the day uh, as an editorial graphic designer, uh, this was uh, in 2000 eight-ish, I went off on my own. And since then, I've done a combination of still freelance graphic design. Uh, I have an Etsy shop where I sell mugs, art prints, um, things, you know, things for the home. I have a cool mug you sent me. Oh, I forgot that that we sent you that. So yeah, that came from, (laughs) we don't sell the, it's what's funny is we don't sell that mug in the shop, but. Oh, it's a, it's an exclusive. It's it's an exclusive. You have to be I on like the show it. to get one of those. Thank you. It is passed <laughs> around. It's in, I keep it in the office, and every now and then I'll I'll be looking for it, and I'll see it's on one of the creative people's desks, and I'm like, hey, what? The, oh. Hey, that's that's my mug, man. <laughs> okay, I like to share. <laughs> Glad that you enjoy it. Um, yeah, and then with the success, I guess you can say, uh, of my Etsy shop and a blog that went along with it, I began coaching and educating other creative people on how to start their own online businesses, how to make money online, getting to be creative and have fun. And one of the more recent projects, although I guess it's now been, uh, we're going on three years that I've been a part of, as we mentioned, is uh, our podcast, a podcast for creatives that I host with my friend Steve and that Adam has been um, one of our distinguished guests. I was a guest. I don't know if I was distinguished. I was definitely a, a wel- <laughs> I was welcomed warmly, but I don't think I brought anything distinguishing with me. <laughs> no, you definitely did. That still remains one of our our personal favorites. Oh, that's sure. nice. You are a fantastic liar, and I take it. 
Um, <laughs> so, hey, I wanted to ask what you've been reading in, in all this new downtime that you've had. Sure. So about a year ago, I was in a bookstore in Chatham, Massachusetts, which is out on Cape Cod, for those of you who aren't familiar. And I saw this cover and it had a picture of a, a very fancy lady holding a cocktail of some sort in an exotic looking location. And I said, you know what? This feels like something I would enjoy. And I picked it up and I read the, the back and it, you know, it all checked out. And you judge the book by uh, its cover. I, I have to, I'm a graphic designer. That's, <laughs> that's what I do. There's no shame. And uh, this book was, I actually didn't, I didn't buy the book. Um, I don't know if this is going to say something about me. I feel like I don't consider myself to be a cheap person because I'm known to, you know, drop $500 a night on a, a hotel room and think nothing of it. But when it comes to like small purchases, I'll be super cheap about it. I think so we all have I our did. places where we, where we make weird trade-offs where we're like, well, I'm not going to do it's that. So weird. Yeah. 39 cents for ramen. I'll wait till it's 34 cents. You crazy. Yes, exactly. So, uh, I saw this book. I made note of, of the author, Beatrice Williams, spoiler alert to the story. And, uh, I wrote it down in my little notes app in my phone where I keep track of books that I come across that I want to read and um, reserved the first one I could find from my local library. I love the library and I love reading paper books. So basically since then, since last summer, I have been going through Beatrice Williams's um, books, which are uh, historical fiction. Um, it's definitely more female driven and I am, I'm in love with her. I'm in love with, with her writing and her characters. And it's definitely, I don't want to say it's, it's relatable because these are, you know, uh, women who I aspire to be at their level of classiness. And I don't feel like I'm, I'm quite there yet, but they're, uh, they're really fun to read. And they're not, you know, they're, I don't know if it's considered to be highbrow or what people really think of her, but I really don't care because I just enjoy them so much and yes. I'm trying to go through really slowly. So I don't how many it through all of them. How many books is, are, does she have? Um, I think maybe around 20. Don't quote oh, me on that, but, man. but, uh, in that ballpark and I've probably read maybe six of them so far, just started one yesterday. Oh, uh, well now you got time to read. Theoretically, we yes, should all have, plenty. I have, I should have time to read too, but I'm not reading anything. I'm not, uh, I'm, no. I'm strictly, strictly taking things through glass screen viewports, uh, <laughs> television news, yes. video, maybe some audio every now and then. Uh, but part of the, part of the conversation we were having on Twitter was the judgment that gets cast on you when someone asks you what you're reading or when they post with their arched eyebrow, the, the name of the author that you've never heard of, of the academic journal that they're currently reading on a Sunday night where you're like scrolling through <laughs> waiting for Better Call Saul to come on finally. And I, I just think yes. it's, it's crazy. Like, why do we do that? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And while I consider myself to be a, a reader, I, I enjoy reading. I don't judge people who don't because I feel like we have so many different ways of consuming media at this point. And there are valuable things to get out of, out of all of them. So who cares if, if you don't enjoy reading then you shouldn't make yourself do it, like just to make, you know, to make yourself look good. Right. 
like, why is it? And not only then if I, let's say, okay, I'm going to read something. I, I do take out books from the library. I'm the same as you. I, I just enjoy using the library as a part of the community. Um, and there's one right around the corner here. But then the next thing is, okay, so I am going to read something or I'm reading something and I have people saying, well, what, what is it? Who wrote it? You know, what, what tell me more about it. I, and it, you start to get into this thing where it's like a competition of, well, oh yeah, I read something like that, but it was, it was this other more intelligent version is this higher brow version of this is more this deeper look at it. And why are you doing this? Why are you doing that fast food version of it? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It's the book that I found. Maybe it looked, maybe the cover looked good or whatever reason that I just decided to dive into that one. Do you ever feel yourself while you said that? And I think we share kind of this mentality that like, it's cool to do whatever you want to do and whatever makes you happy. But do you feel that pressure sometimes if you see someone who you respect reading something to at least check it out, even if you don't tell them that, that you're checking it out? Sometimes, sometimes I will, if someone posts like, oh, I'm reading this academic journal, or if they say, I'm this is a book I'm into, I'm really reading it. I may go look it up to see if I, it's something I want to read. And almost all the time, I don't want to read it because I'm lazy. <laughs> and reading is such a commitment that I don't even, I can't even watch shows anymore. Like I love, I'm not a snob about television and I will watch reruns of King of Queens. But I can't, if someone says you should start this show, it's on Hulu or this Netflix show, there's eight episodes. I am fucking terrified of eight episodes of a show. Like I do not want to be stuck with eight hours on my calendar that I have to figure out when I'm going to squeeze those in. So a book is like, I have to make, I know consciously especially the library is a ticking clock for me. Mm. Do you think of that? Do you ever think of that? That the library is like, yeah. a, there's a pressure on you to get this thing done and I don't want to renew it. That's embarrassing. I want to read it in the window. Yeah, I almost do this to myself on purpose sometimes where I'll, I might take out like more more books than I think I might be able to read, but then yeah. it becomes a challenge if I can get get it in under the deadline. Yes. And I know we're not supposed to talk too much about the, the virus right now, but right. I kind of like, you know, I, I saw things unfolding. My my family is from um, the New York area. So things kind of like got a lot crazier up there before it hit here where I am now in Florida. And um, one of the first things, the first thing I did before I went to the supermarket was reserve a bunch of books at the library and go and <laughs> pick them up. So I now have this great stack. And then when I got the notice that our library closed, I was like, yes, I'm set. I'm yeah. like, I'm and you so won't have to worry about right returning now. them, right? Yes. And then all the ones that I had out got extended to, you know, the, the arbitrary date that they chose. <laughs> so I'll look at a book and I'll say, oh, I can. All right. It's this many pages and I can read pre-read some pages on the library site. And I'll say, oh, I, this one I think will take me this much time. But there, there's something in my brain that says, I, I know I'm driven to learn. I love learning and I want to engage that part of my brain. But there's since, since I wrote my last book, except for like time off, I, I haven't picked up a book. I haven't wanted to write things. I don't, I don't want more. Uh, I don't, my brain cannot process more, especially right now. I think it'd be a good distraction, but my brain is full. Do you feel like because you know that your life is so full and that you're generally, you know, whether you consider it to be that, that you're busy or just that you had too much going on up there, do you feel like that makes you be uh, more, use more discretion when it comes to, to committing to 
a book or a TV show or even a movie. Yeah, I do. I am much more picky in a weird way. Like I will, you do, I know you, I can tell that you do the same thing. I go to stupid Netflix or whatever, whatever source it is. And I will scroll for 10 minutes passing new things that are perfect for me. Cause I'm, it's like not exactly the right thing that I have in mind. And then I'll just go find some old, something from the nineties that I've seen two trillion, like Ferris Bueller's day off is on there. I think I've watched it three times since I realized that. How is that better? I'm still wasting the same amount of time. I think my I'm I'm resisting the idea of new information. I think that's what's what's and this isn't related to what's going on in the world. This is a habit I've noticed over a year or two years that I've since I've started tracking it. My brain, sometimes I just say, nope, nothing new, no more new things. I'm not gonna remember it. I don't want to deal with it. I just want to watch some junk that I remember from my childhood or from when I was, you know, in a in a much more carefree time where I know how I can zone out and look at Twitter at the same time and not worry about missing it. Yeah, I think that there's there's definitely a connection there, um, and it's it's good that you're able to make it. That I think we're, we're seeing a lot of this, like the, this resurgence, that even with all these new things that come out, people are still reaching for for friends and the office, those things that we know somewhat so well and that are so comforting because our you know I think that there's I don't know whether there's a rise of anxiety or there's a rise of people being able to talk openly about having anxiety, but we just don't want one more thing that we might have to handle. And I think uh, for myself, a lot of these new shows that come out, I, you, I almost return to like a like a, a childlike state where I'm like, I don't know if what I'm gonna watch might make me feel bad. I mean, I feel like I'm super uh, you know, positive generally like as a person and, people say to me, like, Michelle, like, why are you, how are you so happy all the time? How are you so positive? And I say, like, I have a really strong filter about what I like come through and I'm yeah. just not going to watch anything that I feel like is going to make me upset or make me feel bad. But I think across the board, all human beings, um, and we, we all have like enough stuff to deal with and in, in our life, like, why would we use, why would we want to be entertained uh, by something that's just going to make us feel bad. Amen. I'm, it, I can bum myself out just by being in my own brain. I don't need more inputs to do it. But I, you know, the first part of, of um, self-isolation, which was probably, I don't know if it was two weeks ago or three, I don't know what day it is, but it was early, early. It was during like the big burst of like work from home tips and all the hustle porn that was like, hey, it looks like we're going to be you know, doing social distancing. So get yourself ready and you can outwork all your competitors right now while they're watching Netflix and, and cowering in fear. And it was like, what are you even talking about? Like, can I just, I'm actually, no, I'm just going to watch reruns of friends and I'm not going to hustle harder. And I'm like, is it okay if we just take a couple of weeks with our families to figure out what the hell's going on? And I think that if you read between the lines, no matter what anyone is posting on social media, we're all really saying the same thing, which is we're all spending too much time on our phones. We're all, you know, addicted to it because we're all seeking comfort in each other and just wanting to know that like, we're going to be okay. And I feel like for me, I, I need to see that from, from other people. So even though I'll open my phone and I'll see something that makes me feel bad. I know that there's something good in there too. And it's, I keep going back for it. <laughs> What's the ratio? What's the ratio of good to bad that you see? Oh, well, I've been, like I said, I've been, I've been trying my best to control this 
And every time I see something that's bad, I, I go out of my way to, to seek something that's positive, two things that are positive to try to tip the scales a little bit. Yeah. How do you, where do you go? Cute overload? Like where are you going to find positive stuff? Uh, I mean, I spend most of my social time on Instagram. Uh, and I guess if, if I'm seeing uh, any, anyone who I follow, who's just posting a lot of things about, you know, the news and I know, I don't want to like put my head in the sand, but I think I'm going to hear about it from someone. I'm not, I'm not worried about like not hearing something that I'm supposed to hear. Um, I'll just, I'll mute them. And, um, you know, eventually they'll hopefully only be good stuff going, <laughs> flowing through my feed. You know, even before all this, there, there was so much negative stuff anyway. It's like, I don't know. I can't even blame what's going on right now for all the, the bad news. So it's hard to know. It's hard to know when it will, when the simulation will reset and we'll be into like happy Smurf land. Mm-hmm. But I'll be, I'll be grateful when we get back there. Same. I want to go back to something. <laughs> I want to go back to something that you said earlier, um, because it made me think of uh, an, I guess, an argument, or like my co-host Steve and I, I guess, get into this discussion a lot because I am always one who's going to recommend something if I have a positive experience with it, and this is like media or anything else. And he's the type of person who's like, I am not accepting recommendations for anything unless I ask for it. So I'm curious to hear if before all of this, you know, where we are today, like happens back to like regular life, um, when maybe you had the capacity to take in more content, or do you fall in more of that camp? Or are you open to suggestions from people? Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. I think I think I am more open than I am. Like you I think, think I think that you're more open than you you I, say that that you are, but you're actually not. Yeah, I project <laughs> the idea that I'm taking requests all the time, but then I'm like, no, I don't. I'm not going to watch that. It's like stop, stop. I just thought of this today because I was going to post something about, um, hey, what what music should I be listening to? And then I'm like, and then I'm going to have to listen to it. I don't want to listen to yeah. it. I just you know, if I don't, if I'll know in 13 seconds whether I like it or not, and I'll skip it and go back to my usual playlist or whatever. So. <laughs> Like I want to be open-minded to it, but again, there's something about comfort and I can only veer, I can only handle so much new stuff and there's, it's infinite. There's infinite video, there's infinite music, there's infinite uh, text, there's infinite people to meet. And I love all the, the conceptually, I love that. It's opened a lot of uh, doors. I've met so many great people like you because of that Mm -hmm. infinite connectivity, but dude, enough. (laughs) sometimes like one of the very strong positives of what's going on is I've been able to be with my family for a lot more and we're really figuring out ways to enjoy it. It's been, it's been really positive for us, for our family. So trying to make that work. Um, I don't, I don't know how much more inputs I want at that time or how many new things I want to go get distracted by. Do you guys have a, a shared uh, TV show or movie or anything that you've been watching together in the last, it's, I guess it's only really been a week, but it feels like it's been a month. Well, for us, our kids were on spring break the week before. And so uh, mm-hmm. then they closed schools here in Arizona uh, this past week. So we've been together for two weeks. Uh, okay. And I guess that's, I guess we got, I don't know, who knows how much longer to be quarantined here together. <laughs> but um 
No, I mean, we'll do family movie nights and we'll do games and things like that. And that's, that's good. It works. I don't it know is. what, I don't know what more you need. We should, we should be reading more. I know that I want to, but we usually, we, our tastes are also different. My kids are, are little, so we will, uh, we will read things. We don't always read together, which I guess is not the best role model to the, the best role to set for your kids, but it is what it is. No judgments, no judgments, no judgments at all. And this is something that you teach as part of your education that like be who you are and do what you want. If it's not hurting someone else, it's okay. Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't have a, a course on how to, how to be yourself, but I feel like that is, I hope is an underlying message in everything that I say on social media and everything that I, you know, I do teach in my courses, even though they may be specifically about uh, generating income or email marketing or, you know, how to, how to create principles, which is uh, a big part of what I do. Um, ultimately underneath all of that is, you know, there's so much advice out there, but if it doesn't apply to you and your goals and your, the things that make you happy in life, then, then what is the point? You know what I mean? You like, won't follow it wholeheartedly. Exactly. Exactly. So it it's, just, to me, it feels like a waste. It's like a workout plan. If you sign up and there's like, okay, you could do the workouts that are on this video series. And then you also have to do this diet. And I'm very good. I see those things and I go, oh, I could do those workouts. That's good. And then it's like, but you have to do the diet. And the diet consists of making fresh salmon four times a day at exactly. And I'm like, nah, and that, then I throw yeah. the whole thing out. I know the whole thing's going to fail because I'm only going to do these parts of it. Because it, otherwise it's changing my entire lifestyle. Really, all I want to do is have bigger shoulders. I don't, I don't want to do the whole thing, you know? I feel like that really needs to be the foundation of everything that we do. And yes, I teach this, you know, supposed to be on a, on a professional level, but I feel like this is just a, a life hack is get really clear about what is important to you specifically, because it just becomes so much easier to make decisions once not only like you recognize that in yourself, but that you're willing to kind of move forward publicly and say, Hey, these are the things that are important to me. These are the things that I like and everything else doesn't really matter. Tell me about, you said the, the establishing principles. Is that, is that what that means is setting up principles for yourself or is it setting up principles oh, around sorry. your, your my- point of view, your work? <laughs> uh, you may have, have misheard my, uh, my pronunciation. And it's funny when I, when I record videos about this, this is how the transcription picks it up. I said the word printable as in a print, a design that you can print out from. Oh, a printable. Yes. Got it. Yes. Yes. I heard principles and I was like, well, that's interesting. I've never heard of that. Yeah. But yes, I mean, I, I hope that there are, that there is this underlying principle of, of being clear about what's important to you in, in everything that I teach and all the content that I put out there. So when you're in these series, are you working with people one-on-one directly or is it video content that people consume and kind of go through your course on their own and then ping you? Or... Yeah, a little bit of everything. So I do, I have a program that is specifically for uh, creative people who wants to learn how to generate income, creating printable designs and either selling them like I do in, a, in an Etsy shop or uh, sharing them because I've also been able to generate money through my 
blog through uh, sponsorships and partnerships and just getting ad revenue and affiliate um, relationships. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I teach and I have a course and it's, it is, it's self-study, but we also do a lot of uh, support through a Facebook group. And then um, I also do, I hop in and do, so this isn't really something I, I advertise, but we do little calls every once in a while just to have a, a check-in with everyone. Oh, that's, like that's cool. That's really important. Do people have, have trouble setting up those ground rules for themselves or that clear understanding of what they, what they, what's in and what's out of bounds, what they want to do, what they wouldn't do, what works for them and I what won't so. work for them? I think so, because I think there are a lot of opinions in our world, especially now with social media, there's so much coming at us every day. And I have never noticed this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it, it can become muddy sometimes because we see people. I mean, I feel like I see this more on Instagram than anywhere else. You're seeing people in these really idealistic situations where everything looks really pretty and sounds really nice. And you think, any smart person would think, okay, if I want to be happy, I'll just do what that person's doing. Like they, they solve the riddle, but when it comes down to it, we each have our own individual needs and wants and desires and dreams. So I could follow that blueprint to the letter and I'm not going to have the same results as that person on Instagram. And I think that that's something that we, even though I understand that, and I feel like I try to teach that to my students. I still need to remind myself of that every day because it, it, it goes against common sense and the way that our brain works. Yeah, I get, I absolutely get that. And so the way your courses are set up or your program, I don't know if it's, a, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say courses or part of it, but people can take the parts that work for them and skip the other. It's not like this 10 step program, or if they don't do step three, the whole thing falls apart like a house of cards. Yeah. So the way I have it uh, separated actually is I have like three mini schools and you can get the three of them together or you can do them one um, at a time. So yeah, I don't, I don't want people to feel like they're kind of like going back to that information overload, just pick and choose what you need. And don't, if I try to make this clear, I, I hope I probably can improve on this, but I feel like if something is working for you, just because someone says that they have this great way of doing it doesn't mean that you need to change what you're doing and start doing that. So the way I have my program set up is separated by, by blogging and, um, and marketing in one, design in one school and um, selling in another school. And if you feel like you have one of those things down, then keep doing what you're doing because right. it's working and then just focus on what you want to learn. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> and that goes back to the whole thing about hustle harder and, and outwork your competitors. I think the people that have that drive, go do that. I don't know why it has to be a religion that mm-hmm. people are pushing. That's like, if you're watching Netflix, you are losing to your competitor while they are hustling. And it's like, dude, just like, I don't have to do the way, if that works for you, that's great. Obviously at, at you know 10 PM on Sunday, you are posting that. So this must really mean something to you. Although it was probably scheduled during business hours um, from the you know four hour work week manifesto but if that works for you great but i don't know why we have to convince people that there's only one way and it's the gary v method or it's the xyz method take the bits you want and let let the other bits go 
I really had to work through that because I grew up um, in a family that that did slash does still value uh, busyness. Um, and I found that I'm in kind of a, a unique situation because not only do I, I work for myself, but I also don't have kids. So I feel like I have so much more time um, that I get to choose what I'm gonna do with it than the average person. And I felt like it would be wrong if I wasn't using that time to do exactly what you said, to, to constantly be hustling and, and growing my business. And I had to take a step back and say, okay, but like doing more work is not making me happier. It's not, it's not making me more, more money. It's not getting me better results. I just feel like garbage. I feel completely, completely burnt out. So um, it, it took me really, I feel like a few years and I, and I am still, again, having to keep myself in check with this, getting rid of that stigma that being busy makes you important or being busy will give you better results. Um, just because of my experience that I've been able to see uh, the positive benefits in, in taking breaks and even going as far as to, if you scroll through my Instagram feed, you'll see pictures of me like laying on the couch and saying like, you know, I just like, I didn't work today or uh, one of the new habits that, that I try to stick to is I don't, I keep my laptop. This is this week aside because things have been, yeah, <laughs> been right, different. Right. All but, bets are um, off. Yeah. yeah, but keeping, uh, keeping my laptop on my desk in my office and not letting myself like bring it into bed or bring it down to the couch. Oh yeah. Um, no just, computer, yeah, just near, no computer that, in the bed. That's a, that's a rule for sure. Yeah. So just having that, that parameter in place, um, help me like you fin finish your work during the work day and then go out and do something enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, in, but what is, evenings. what does busy even mean for, for thought workers, for people that use their brains and use the internet to communicate with people for pay there? It just means I'm checking email. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at that. Oh, I could read this Google doc. I could add notes to this. I could give this person comments today so that tomorrow will be maybe a little easier. Like it won't be. It won't mm -hmm. be. It's not the work I do tonight at 10 p.m. is not going to make tomorrow at 9 a.m. any better. The work will not move forward. That person still will not see it until they get to it the next day. But in my brain, I think I'm like you. I'm like recovering from the idea that nonstop plug it in idnish. That's not a word, but why not? Mm -hmm. um, that nonstop checking in and, and adding notes. It's like, what? Are we, I don't know. It feels like I'm getting things done. That's kind of a waste. Yeah, because it's the stream doesn't stop. I think that there's. I'll, I'll say this from my own perspective because I feel like I've I've had this thought before. Like, what if I run out of things to do, and then what is my purpose after that point? Like, what good am I bringing to society? What, you know, what self importance will I have? And the <laughs> the reality is, you're never going to run out of things to do. <laughs> there, there there will always be this constant stream. So it's really it's a it's a silly thing to be nervous about if that's something like subconsciously you might be thinking. Um, but it's also I've also tried to become okay with the idea of like my my work is not me and the work I produce is not me. Like I can still feel special just just reading my my historical fiction books. Yeah. Or watching an episode of Seinfeld. It's okay. Yes. It's totally. okay. But it is nice that the work you do is about helping people figure out a direction or how to maximize mm -hmm. a direction without hitting them over the head with 
facts and figures and hashtags that are driving them to never stop working mm-hmm. and never stop letting their guard down. It, it does, just doesn't have to be that way. And some for some people, it, they will operate very well in that, but it doesn't have to be that way for everybody. Completely agree. All right. I, I want to... <laughs> Yeah, go. Can go. I bring can I bring up something that uh yes. I've been thinking about ever ever since you brought up this conversation and it's uh it sparked from something that that you did on our podcast. Oh no. Um so uh maybe I'll tee it up with this question. Do you feel like if I said Adam, what is your favorite movie that you would have a an answer for me? No, I no, I could give you a list of two or three movies that I right now I would say like, oh yeah, it could be this or that or the other thing. The movies okay, that are so top of mind. When someone asks me what my favorite movie is, I have my my real answer and then I have the answer that I tell people my favorite movie is. Oh, because... you have teleprompter cards. You have cards <laughs> like ready to go of what you're gonna say. Yeah, because I think it, to kind of go back to what sparked this this entire episode. Uh, was was this tweet that that you put out about like you know shaming what what people like and what people watch and I tell people that my favorite movie is Back to the Future which is I love it. Wait, it's, Back it's to the Future is not Back to the Future is a pretty great movie. It is, yeah. it is. But I have another one that I like just a little bit more, uh-uh. but that I feel like is not as well respected at least in certain circles. And that Honestly, is, though, you, if you say it's Back to the Future 3, where this is over, I'm not releasing this episode. No, okay. no definitely So I am not. judging you. I would judge you extremely hard for that. <laughs> I'm, I, I take back everything I said. Shaming is correct. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> what is your... I'm just joking. What All is right. the actual movie? So the actual movie is You've Got Mail. And I don't like saying that because someone would be Why? like, oh, of, of course your favorite movies, you've got mail. Like, you know, you're a girl and you like sappy romantic comedies. And what cracked me up was that when you were on our podcast, you were trying to make a point about how- Did I make fun of Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks? Well, you didn't, not by name, but yes, you did. Oh, rom-coms. <laughs> yeah. I have a whole yes. thing. People like that in my book. Yeah. I talk about rom-coms and how they're a formula. Yes. So yeah, instead of me trying to explain this, you kind of just said it, you were trying to, you actually gave us the premise of a rom-com and, and as you were describing it and saying that most, uh, did you say that, it, that, that, that brands stick to this formula or like every, every story sticks to the same formula? Well, they keep making what... the same product because people keep showing up with money for tickets. And so they, they, why, so I have a generic rom-com, right? They meet each other. They, something they don't get along, but then something happens and they figure out it's something they have in common and everybody's surprised. And then, oh, oh, one of them is already planning to run away. It has to move the country, move out of the country. And, but at the last minute they come together and those ingredients, every person is nodding the same way you're nodding the same way you nodded. When I talked to you, even, even Steve was like, oh yeah, I know that movie. (laughs) That is all romantic comedies, except the breakup, uh, with, uh, Jen and, um, What's his name? Vince, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, right? Yeah. Um, that is the premise of all of them. So what's beautiful about it is I don't, I, I'm not the audience for romantic comedies, but I get why people like them because it's a formula that totally works, that people totally get. And so everybody that says, that hears that and goes, oh yeah, I know that movie. They either name a movie and they go, I really like that, which clearly you like, you've got mail. 
or they say, oh, I don't like those movies, but I know I know a movie anyway. But I don't think what's so great about it is I think You've Got Mail is a fine movie. It's not a movie I would go turn on, but that's not a movie. I wouldn't judge you on that. I, I would judge you definitely harder on uh, Back to the Future 3. But why do you think you hold <laughs> back just, on that? Did I shame you, do you think, when I did the tone that I used? Or do you just is it just something about romantic comedies that you're, you don't like people to know about? Which now, by the way, no, it won't be at the secrets out. It's out. Um, well, first of all, I just thought it was really funny. So you just gave that that example of, of the premise of a romantic comedy, and when you when you did it on our podcast, it, it was slightly the variation was slightly different, but it was the exact plot to You've Got Mail, including <laughs> you mentioned, and at the end, you know, they finally get together and they kiss and a dog shows up, which is, <laughs> that's like the last frame of You've Got Mail. You described it to a T. So I just, I was cracking up as you told that. Yeah, I don't even remember um, You've Got Mail, which is so, which is so funny that I got that one so perfect. Yeah, you, you nailed it. But why do you um, think but, you don't tell people that? Why would, why withhold that? I don't think that it, I'm afraid to say that I, I like it, but I think it makes me sound like, like I'm, I'm basic, like, oh, you're just another girl who likes romantic comedies and you might not know that there's more to me than that, which right. is why I say back to the future, which is a very close runner up. Yeah. So do you think that's a lot of what people are doing in general is, is we're all projecting, we're all trying to let people, I think so. we want to be seen one way and not another way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that we all have the things that we like, but we, I mean, as, as for when it comes to social media, we're picking and choosing what we're putting out there. There's really, you know, we try to make it seem like it's organic content, but ultimately if we're saying I'm reading this, I'm watching this, we want people to know that that's what we're doing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I wonder what percentage of people are not reading those things or viewing mm -hmm. those things yeah. and just posting about it because that's what they think they're supposed to do to make people to fit into a certain image. Mm -hmm. That's a bummer. Yeah. That makes I've me also so been, sad. Because I watch so much TV and so many movies, which is, a, which is a whole nother thing that I have only recently become really comfortable talking about probably to an extreme of like, watch more TV. Like it's, it's cool. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so I've had to start doing a new thing when talking about TV and movies, and that is putting a qualifier on it as to this is a movie. Like if someone says, is this a good movie? Is this a good TV show? I don't feel like the answer should be yes or no. I feel like the answer should be yes. I, I Michelle, really enjoyed this experience of watching this or Yes, I thought that this was a quality piece of content because I feel like for the most part, those are two different things. There are very few few things that I've consumed in the last you know few years that would fall in that the, the center of the Venn diagram where yeah. it checks both those boxes. Yeah, and there's also the very, how many people would you realistically, if they said you would really like this? A lot of people lead with that. That's their way to recommend, to recommend something. You would, you, Michelle, you would really like this. And I go, you have no idea. Like, especially on the internet. I have a lot of internet friends that know me a little bit. The part that my, I'm not very vulnerable. So they only know what I've shared. And they say, hey, I think you would like this. And I was like, I don't know. I'll go, I'll go look at the link and see. But I don't believe that you really know if I would like it or not. So I, I like that approach of saying, I liked it. 
And even that seems today like it takes some courage to say, was this any good? I liked it. I thought it was good for me at the time that I saw it in that minute. And if I saw it maybe again in two years, maybe I wouldn't like it as much. But when I saw it, it was good. Yeah, because I think that all of us like things that aren't you know, critically acclaimed. But there's something in that story because maybe it's something that we relate to or something that was nostalgic or whatever it is that we just really connect to. And that's going to be a different thing for for every person. So I almost even hate the the rating systems on on Goodreads and IMDb. And like, it drives me crazy because my, my sisters are so obsessed with, oh, this, this got a good rating, so we should watch it. And I think, okay, but like, who is that person who rated it? And their Dude. life is completely different than mine. I'm not going to go by their opinion. Right. And then I, my, my wife loves looking at ratings. And then all of a sudden she's in a rabbit hole to find like, oh, this person gave it five stars. Let me go see what they like. Well, I'm not going to do individual research on a hundred reviewers to figure out <laughs> that's insane. I mean, there's a reason why there's only 10 movies that are good enough to be nominated for best picture. And the other yeah. 1200 movies that are made are like popcorn features because we like those. I like those. Yep. Right. Yep. I like Nicolas Cage, get on screen and act crazy. And I want, I will pay. I want it. I love it. We, that's what we like. And I will watch the art films. I will watch those those nominees. But man, about at that ratio, one out of every thousand. <laughs> maybe maybe more so, than that, but still. I hope that this episode can be a permission slip for people to just like what you like and to, don't be afraid to talk about it. Because I I found that the more I've kind of let out my, I mean, we're recording this. You won't be able to see this for the listeners, but. I've got a Mary Poppins poster sitting behind me. There's no shame in Mary love, Poppins. No, Mary Poppins is is awesome. I'm not, OG. I'm not too I'm not I'm not ashamed of that one. But you know, I I love musicals. I love some of these like really obscure um, movies that are old movies that you know with actors that a lot of people have never even heard of. And you know, I, a lot of times I'll, I'll post them on Instagram and and I'll get and when you get a response when that one person says oh my God, you like this too? To me, that's such a great moment. I love that. That's better than, than 10 people telling me they liked something that like the whole world likes. Right, or here's something better. Oh, you wasted time watching that. You should have watched the earlier one, right? Yes. That drives me nuts. All right, well, this, this was a great conversation. I'm glad. Thank you for uh, allowing me to open up and tell you some of the dumb stuff I, I watch and like. It's mostly trash and I'm okay with that. Thank you. <laughs> Where can people find you online? Where can they find your courses, Michelle? Sure. So uh, I mostly hang out on Instagram. That's where you'll see me in day-to-day -day life at Michelle Hickey Design. I would love it if you checked out our podcast. Uh, you can search a podcast for creatives or pod for creatives is our handle for that. And all of my courses and education can be found at michellehickeydesign.com. Awesome. Wells and Michelle. <laughs> Thank you. I will link to all that stuff so people will be able to click through to it and um, make it easier, even easier to find you. Thanks. Thank you very much. This is fantastic talk. This is really fun. Excellent. All right. Let me kill the recording. Wait, don't stop listening. The show's not over. If you liked what you just heard, or you've liked any of the episodes of the Strategy Inside Everything, do me a favor. I really appreciate it. Leave a review wherever you listen to the show, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever. 
please leave us a rating and a review. Please, if you can, share this episode or another episode with a friend. Let them know what you liked about it. Uh, That helps us quite a bit. If you have ideas for guests, for topics, follow up on episodes you've heard, you can tweet at us, at APierno, that's me, or at strategy underscore inside, that's the show. Either way, I promise I will respond to you and get back to you right away. And listen, running this show is a labor of love. I really do it just because I enjoy the conversations, but it does cost money. So web hosting costs money. Microphones cost money. My kids' haircuts cost money. If you wouldn't mind, look at our Patreon. It's Patreon, uh, Adam Pirano there, and you could help us out quite a bit. For more information about all the guests we've had, anything you want to know about the podcast, uh, my two books, Underthink It in Specific, or ways to engage with me as a strategy consultant or as a speaker at your next event, please go to adampirano.com and you'll find all the information you want. And if you can't, just send me a note. Thanks a lot.